Last time on License to Parent. We have these kids who psychologically are far more fragile than they used to be. And then you have this ability to just literally destroy a child through cyberbullying. And so I think that's why this topic has become what it is. That's Paul Coughlin, an expert witness regarding bullying and the law. He's also author of several resources about bullying, including his latest book, Free Us from Bullying. And today, we'll bring you part two of our conversation on License to Parent. Well, welcome once again to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program working with troubled teens and their families. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And you know, bullying is a very real problem. It's one that we as Christian parents rarely address properly. Now, last week on License to Parent, we looked at how Scripture addresses the issue and what our response to it ought to be. But today, we want to get practical and equip you to help your kids wade through this, whether your child might be the victim or the perpetrator. So let's get back into our conversation. And Paul, welcome back to License to Parent. It is great to be back with you. Well, listen, I, I, I too thank you. Uh, this is a subject that merits a, definitely merits a second program. Uh, I want to start off by asking you, what do you think the most common mistakes parents make when their kids approach uh, their parents about being bullied at school? I mean, some kids are afraid. Yeah, one of the biggest ones is um, just ignore it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, that could possibly work, unfortunately, with kids who bully. Because, again, a bully's not looking for a fight. A bully wants to overwhelm. And so they're going to pick on that kid that they're pretty sure can't or won't push back. Mm -hmm. And so when that kid doesn't push back, that is seen as a sign of weakness. And so they're just going to go after that kid even more. So what we need to do, in in contrast, is help our kids with assertive but nonviolent words in response. The sooner our kids learn how to use their words, the more empowered they will, they will literally be empowered when they do that, when they know is a spiritual word. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to say no early and often when it comes to bullying. The sooner they stand up to the bully, the better off their life will be in most cases most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I assume your book, Free Us From Bullying, uh, we, uh, you go through that and, and give some pointers on, on how to do that. We do, and one of the biggest things that bullies look for, you guys, is uh, non-assertive body language. That they're profilers. They're it's very, it, it really is. It's a, it's a criminal mindset in a very young body, yeah. and they profile. So in September, they'll look through the student body, and they're going to look for that kid who looks uncomfortable, who doesn't walk with confidence, who um, is nervous looking. That's who they're going to go after. They're going to go after that kid, for example, who's why, why is it the new kid that that people go after. Well, they don't have support structure. They don't have friends who will back them up and defend them. And the bully knows it. And so they look for that. So we, we need to train our kids how to appear more assertive. We need to, uh, it's called fake it till you become it. Mm-hmm. And I do this with uh, kids regularly uh, across the United States. Yeah. I assume then that they would look for kids that are currently being bullied by somebody else, or is that not true? Oh, no, certainly. Yeah, they, they do. They'll go after the new kid. they go after the current one. As you mentioned it earlier, it's called scoring points. The fact is, if you can go after another kid, um, demean them, humiliate them, physically even harm them, but also verbally, um, sadly, 
you become more popular. Mm-hmm. UCLA went to numerous middle schools and asked the middle schoolers, who are the most popular and who are the bullies? The lists were nearly identical. Isn't that crazy? To be cruel to others makes you more popular till about your junior year in high school. Well, this- and then people begin to turn. Does popularity necessarily mean you're liked? I mean, conventional wisdom would say nobody likes a bully, but it sounds like either they like them or they're too afraid to not like them. Well, I think early on, particularly middle school, what happens is we mistake power for strength. Mm-hmm. So we're admiring power but not strength. Uh, strength is filtered power for noble means. So no, we just admire their ability to control other people, and we kind of would like it for ourselves in many cases, many times. Then as we get older, we begin to see through it and we go, oh my goodness, that's not funny. Right. That guy, that guy's a jerk. Yeah. And, uh, but that takes time, unfortunately, for kids to see through that kind of behavior. Yeah. Paul Coughlin is our guest on Licensed to Parent today. And, and Paul, we, we often talk about what the victim should do, um, you know, how the victim can get through this without being too damaged, ways that the victims might turn things around. But what about work you've done with the bulliers? What, what's your approach to taking a kid who's been bullying and helping that kid turn things around? Serial bullies are very difficult to change. They're highly resistant to change. Um, they're kind of like the dog that got the chicken on the farm. Mm-hmm. Once they get the taste of bullying and the pleasure that comes from it, for some kids it is so intoxicating that it is extremely difficult mm-hmm. uh, to get them to break that kind of behavior. In fact, uh, the, many of them have a sense of extreme entitlement. Oh well, yeah, They sure. deserve things because they're awake, because mm-hmm. their eyes open in the morning. Uh, your average bully is narcissistic. Um, they just think that they're wonderful. We know that through self uh, tests. They've asked bullies, how popular are you? How good are you at math? How smart are you? How are you perceived by your peers? And they almost always self-test higher than what their peers really think of them. Mm. So they really think they're wonderful. Your average bully is arrogant, not uh, with low self-esteem. So what do you do with an arrogant person? They need humility. They don't need to be humiliated, mm-hmm. but they need humility. They need what Paul talked about. They need to see themselves as equal to other people, yeah. not above other people, but equal. And we're seeing in the church right now a coming crisis of extremely arrogant pastors at the pulpit who are going down, yeah. in part because people haven't learned how to stand up to them. Yeah. There, there is a guy that you might see on TV. He runs a gym that teaches kids how to defend themselves, I think using MMA, for example. But uh, it's, it's kind of promoted not just to teach kids self-defense, but it's also a place where bullies can come. Uh, what do you know about this guy's approach, and is he doing it right, or uh, is, is there merit to what he's doing? Well, let me just speak about martial arts in general terms. We highly recommend it on a regular basis for targets, uh, and here's why. Not so that they are able to beat someone up with a pinky, uh, but that it really gives these kids a sense of self-confidence. Hmm. It is the lack of confidence, uh, the lack of, of being assertive in one's body language, how they hold their uh, eye contact, how they speak. Bullies zero in on that. So if a kid can just move and speak and act with an air of confidence, not arrogance, and that is hmm. a big 
evangelical culture is a hard time between those two, that they often mistake one for the other. It's simply not the case. That kid is, has a more confident air to them. They're just not going to be as attractive mm-hmm. to uh, kids who bully. So we highly recommend martial arts for both boys and girls. What this person's probably talking about is, in regard to a kid who bullies, is one of the things that we try to do with kids who bully is um, tell them that, you know, you are pretty charismatic. Many bullies are charismatic. Um, they have the ability to lead other people. The problem is they're leading them in a dark direction. And uh, we try to appeal to their sense of help, hopefully healthy pride and say, have you ever thought about, you know, using your powers for good? Right now you're harming people. They'll never really admit that they're harming people. They use a lot of, um, they'll say, well, I'm just, I'm just playing around. I don't really mean it. Oh, no, you mean it. They <laughs> definitely mean it in their behavior. Yeah. But there are times that we can turn them around and have them protect other people through this charismatic power that they have. And mm. so that's probably what you're hearing in regard to this martial arts person. They're probably bringing them in, talking to them, giving them wisdom. Hey, why don't you use your strength to defend other people as opposed to attack other people? No, that's probably ex- what's happening that's in that exa- situation. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, but martial arts uh, in general teaches self-restraint. and um, um, Power under control. Absolutely, yeah, yeah which is... Uh, meekness, Which is a basically. part of the interesting definition yeah. of meekness, right? Exactly. That's what you mentioned then. Exactly. Well, h- how can a parent detect uh, when his or her child is actually being bullied? Yeah, there's a number of things. Uh, I spoke with a mother yesterday whose son was being bullied at school, and suddenly, uh, who had, he had really never done it before, started attacking his younger brother, just took it out on his younger brother. So behavior you hadn't seen before, aggressive, maybe mm-hmm. vicious behavior, both words. And physically, obviously, there's the issue of either sleeping too much or sleeping too little, which can be a uh, case uh, for uh, uh, depression. Uh, Lack of interest in school, uh, where there used to be a um, a love for school. Mm -hmm. Lack of interest in certain topics in school that have just been soured uh, by the the, the, uh, incidents of bullying. Sudden outbursts of anger that you just didn't see before, mysterious illnesses yeah. uh, where the kid just just doesn't feel good, and we need to be really careful with those because we tend to think the kid is lying. I was brought in as an expert witness on this one boy who would throw up regularly on the uh, front lawn mm-hmm. of a Christian school uh, each day, and uh, one of the reasons that it got dealt with is that a board member kept seeing it more than once. The same boy throwing up. He was so nervous. Uh, before going into school. So these behaviors, uh, eating too much, eating too little, yeah. things like that. I hope our listeners caught that. That was at a Christian school. It is. You know, we work with we work with numerous dozens of Christian schools uh, uh, each school year. We work in public schools as well. I firmly believe there's less bullying in Christian schools, but it's still there sure. because it's human nature. Yeah. Uh, it, these are kids who... Uh, it's spiritual formation in many cases, many times, and uh, it takes time for these things to take root in the child's soul. Mm-hmm. But bullying is just too much a part of you. We will never fully get rid of it, right. but we can greatly diminish it in pockets of resistance. I know this is a complex question, but to what extent should parents actually intervene when they know that their child is being physically bullied? Yeah, so what we need to do there, studies have been uh, done as to why kids don't tell uh, some studies say as high as 70% of targets don't tell anyone. Mm. 
And one of the main reasons why they don't tell their parents is they're afraid their parents are going to make it worse, that their you know, mom's going to go down to the school yeah. like Joan of Arc and start throwing spears at people, right? So they're scared <laughs> I to death. I would that pay that to see that. Their <laughs> they get the point anyway. <laughs> and, and you can't blame them. You can't blame these kids no? for feeling that way. Wow. You know, this is what I did with my kids, and this is what every parent in America should do. Wow. Ideally, before school begins, and I know we're not there now, but ideally before school begins, you say, you know what? Um, I know that bullying is a pattern of behavior. It's not just once or twice. It's intentional use of superior power to intentionally harm another person multiple times and for no justifiable reason. It's victimization without provocation. Mm. The poor kid doesn't deserve it. So um, in order for me to best help you, I need to know right away if something's going to, if something's happening. And I promise you that together we will make the decision to go to the school or not. I will not run off half talk to the school. We will talk about this together. That's so good. what does that do? It gets the kids to realize, it gets them to trust you more, provided you're worthy of their trust. Mm-hmm. And then um, you start getting the information you need. So let's say September, you start hearing things about uh, possible bullying. Now you've been able to create a uh, patient in a way that you would have been able to do previously. Or it is an incident. It's an isolated incident, and it's not bullying. It's probably conflict. Kid just had a bad day, that type of thing. So it's very important. That is how we start the process. And then I also think, too, I know that once an administrator's been doing this for a while, they know how to keep things um, private. They really do know how to deal with incidents of bullying without major backlash in many cases many times to that target well paul this this all brings up a question that i want to ask you now but don't answer yet because we're about to take a break and that is if you've had this preschool talk with your kids and 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 they are coming to you and you you have discovered that there is an incident of bullying and and you feel that it is time to step in and and take some sort of action you let your child know this and they go no dad don't don't get involved what should our response as uh, as parents be to that? We'll get the answer to that question from our guest, Paul Coughlin, when we return. Paul's newest book is called Free Us From Bullying. He's also the president and founder of Protectors, which you can find online at theprotectors.org. A brief break, and we'll be back with more conversation with Paul Coughlin when Licensed to Parent continues. In the training of our children... What role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. 
Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And I mention that because uh, today's program is part two of a two-part conversation with our guest, Paul Cochlin, talking about bullying and what role we as parents need to have in helping to right the ship there, whether our kids are the victims of bullying or perhaps the bullies themselves. And Paul, right before the break, I, I asked you this question. You you mentioned a conversation that you would have with your kids prior to school to kind of set them up to turn to you if, if bullying is a problem in their lives. So if, if, if you, the parent, if I, the parent, find out that, that my child is a victim of bullying, and I, you know, I feel that the time has come that I do need to step in in some way, shape, or form, and I say to my son, um, listen, you know, I, I need to go speak to the principal or I need to speak to the parents of this child or whatever. Here, here's what I'm anticipating now. No, Dad, don't get involved. Um, what, what should our response to that be? You have to trust me. I have your best interest in mind. I know you're worried that I'm going to ruin your reputation at school as being a fink or an orc or whatever term they use, a snitch. Um, I'm going to speak with the, it's often, many schools will ask you to start with the teacher first, and then from the teacher you go to administration and say, you know, I'm going to talk with your teacher or your principal, and we're going to discuss one of the main things we're going to talk about, pal, is we're going to talk about keeping this confidential, keeping this private. And uh, I know you could say, give, give examples from your own life, for example. You know, when I was a kid, uh, maybe, you know, one of my parents went down there and the teacher or the principal were able to work in such a way that nothing bad happened to me. So we're, that's going to be one of the main things we're going to talk about and we're going to move forward. Uh, on a related topic, though, I do want to talk about provocative targets. And these are targets of bullying who provoke their classmates to anger. Let me give you an example. Worked with a girl named Nicole. She didn't know why she was being bullied, but she's being bullied. So uh, we come in and, and ask the fundamental question, Nicole, who at the school do you really trust? Who do you have a relationship with? Well, it turned out it was her uh, English teacher. So we said, hey, can we go talk to your English teacher and see if we can get some more information as to what's happening? She said, yes. Okay, so now we have the foundation of trust and respect with the teacher. Very important because we don't listen to people we don't trust and respect, but we have that. So we go in, and I have to talk to the mom ahead of time. It's usually the moms uh, because um, this is so painful that we are about to get the gift of objectivity about our child. And because of that, when we go into this meeting, we need to ask a fundamental question. 
is my child doing something that helps to put the bullying in context? And then this is very important. Stop talking. Stop talking. You're now a receiver of information, not a transmitter. Mm-hmm. Don't argue with the teacher as to what they're about to tell you. So this is what we got with Nicole. We found out that Nicole was correcting the grammar of the, her classmates when they spoke out loud in class. Mm. <laughs> and so she was provoking her classmates to anger mm-hmm. with her behavior. Yeah. So what do you do? Help the kid not provoke their classmates. Very important because Without that, there's very little a teacher can do. A teacher cannot be constantly defending a kid who's angering their classmates. Very important uh, distinction to make. Good point. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Hate is a pretty hot term we hear a lot about in the media today. Should Christians ever hate? Yes. We should hate what God hates. God does not hate individuals. He hates behavior. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example from the Psalms. There's, in the Psalms, we were told uh, there are six things that God finds an abomination, uh, seven he finds detestable. All of those behaviors has to do with bullying. Every one of those, God hates bullying, and we should hate it as well. We should not hate the bully, but we should really hate that behavior to the point of um, of action. Amen. Amen. I don't know if it was Tozer or Oswald Chambers. Someone once said, you can have so much compassion upon man as to be in high-handed rebellion toward God. Have we become compassionate to a fault when it comes to dealing with bullies themselves? And should we make them apologize? Well, two fantastic questions. I know this for sure in the theater of bullying. Compassion or so-called compassion toward a bully is often cruelty to a target. We had a letter from a mother whose son is a hemophiliac, and he was taken out of the public school system because once they found out he was a hemophiliac, they would literally beat him up. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, talk about evil. Mm. So he brings him in the Christian school, and so he was being bullied in the Christian school, and so she contacts the protectors and wants us to work with the Christian school because they are trying to rehabilitate the kid who bullies And, of course, she's worried that they're going to lose her son in the process. Mm -hmm. That is a very sad situation. I personally believe that the Christian response to bullying should be the creation of justice for the target Mm -hmm. first. Yeah, I believe that, too. Uh, How has our culture lied to us most uh, when it comes to bullying? Uh, what, What are some of the biggest lies that have been perpetuated that we've kind of bought into? It would be that, the, without a doubt, it's that the bully has low self-esteem. Yeah. The, I, I the self-esteem movement is a para-religion. <laughs> it is a, it's got its doctrines. It the has psychology its ministers. Is. I was speaking at a part of the country a little more liberal than the rest of the nation. And during my presentation, I mentioned how uh, bullies don't have low self-esteem on average. And I literally had a man stand up. And uh, the man that I recant what I said. <laughs> and you look at that, and, and I know why he did that. It is a religion to him. And the religion basically says, says that uh, people are good. And that right. uh, what happens is it's the whole Rousseauian argument, right? That people go bad because society makes mm-hmm. them bad. Uh, society is what perverts people, not human nature. As opposed to the more biblical view of like what Francis Schaeffer said, that we are glorious ruins. <laughs> right. You know, we, are, we have great glory, but our glory also kind of condemns us because we, we know we don't live up to our, what, we, 
we don't live up to what we should be. And um, so, yeah, no, that, that is the, that's probably the biggest thing. And I'd say the other thing, too, is that the bully is a wounded individual on average. So what needs to happen is we just need to love them more. And in my book, I have an interview with a young lady who now teaches in Pittsburgh, and she uh, teaches at a Christian school. Her name is Jennifer. And uh, Jennifer had a bully who followed her for years, and her parents told her, well, you just need to um, kill her with kindness. And so she would bring pencils to school for the bully. She'd bring candy for the entire class plus the bully. And the bully would take, well, yes, the rewarding bad behavior. And uh, the bully would break the pencils in front of her. Mm. The bully would take the, the candy and throw it in the garbage. And then Jennifer said, well, I'm praying for you. And she would say, I don't want your prayers. Um, and in fact, uh, you should go kill yourself because if you're a Christian, you'll be forgiven. Mm. So I asked Jennifer, did the being kind to this bully, what did it do? She said, oh, it just made things worse. Yeah. Now, of course, befriending a bully could be a great thing. And we should try that if our gut tells us that's smart. Yeah. Think about this for a second. This kid has targeted your child. This kid looked down their nose on your child for either real or perceived differences. And now you're going to invite that kid into the home. Be very careful with that approach. Mm. It could work. It could also backfire because now you've given this kid background information on that child that he can use, even, he or she can use even more yeah. against that kid. You've got to use the wisdom of serpents when dealing with malevolent people. It's like trying to pet a snake. You know, I, I, I tell people regularly that love is like a car battery. It has a positive and a negative. Uh, we too often think of love just from the the positive side of the car battery. But if you don't have the negative side, the tough love side hooked up, you're, you, the battery is not going to do what it's intended to, to do. I don't think you're, you're exercising the full continuum of love. There's a, a, a as Dobson would say, the, there's a tough love. And uh, we have to operate, depending on the circumstance, uh, from either or, uh, or both sides of the battery at the same time. Discipline is not the opposite of love. Discipline is a component of love. The Bible says if you don't discipline your son, you don't love your son. Sometimes that discipline is, it, it may be a form of discipline to the bully when you stand up to him in, in a way that is uh, you know, biblically, biblically congruent and just uh, what used to be called good old-fashioned common sense, but we are out yeah. of time here, man. Unfortunately, we are. I want to say thanks to our guest today on Licensed to Parent. His name is Paul Coughlin. He's uh, an expert in the subject of bullying. In fact, his newest book is called Free Us from Bullying. Paul is also president and founder of Protectors, an organization that you might want to contact if you're finding that your kids are having problems with bullying, whether the victim or the perpetrator. You'll find them online at theprotectors.org. Paul, thanks so much for taking time to be with us. Yes, sir. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And again, a reminder that if you missed last week's conversation, which was part one of our talk with Paul Coughlin, you can find that on our website at licensedtoparent.org. Uh, by the way, you can find all of our past conversations there. You can also find Trace Embry's blog and learn more about our parent ministry, Shepherd's Hill Academy. And a reminder that the work we do here is only possible because of the help of generous partners like you. 
you'd like to join in this outreach, I ask you to consider and prayerfully consider a tax-deductible gift to help offset the costs of this program and to help provide scholarships for families who might not otherwise be able to afford residential care. You can give securely online a tax-deductible donation by clicking the Donate button at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to join us once again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.